This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Athletic Greens, a complete whole food supplement with 75 plant-based ingredients working together to help with 11 different areas of your health. Learn more at athleticgreens.com slash no meat. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. That's right, Health IQ rewards us for our lifestyle choices. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat to learn more about all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, you're looking a little salty today. <laughs> I hope I'm looking salty and relaxed because that was that was the purpose of my salt spa time that I did. Yeah. So what what is a salt spa? <laughs> the salt spa is a place in Asheville uh, to which I bailed on your birthday party mm-hmm. to go there. Yep. With uh, my wife, we did a little. We, so we we went away last weekend, or sorry, during the week last week for a little joint Christmas present we gave to each other. Nice nice uh, place called the Old Edwards Inn in Highlands, North Carolina. Had a nice relaxing time. And some couples togetherness. Did a little spa stuff there, which was fun. Great. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. Rainforest thing. Rainforest shower activity. Rainforest shower. <laughs> With steam and all kinds of good stuff. So that was fun. Okay. And then uh, when we got home, we figured we'd extend it by cashing in a gift certificate that uh, my brother and sister-in-law sister gave us for Christmas to uh, do some salt spa therapy. So we got to go sit in the salt cave for a while, uh, then get a massage. Wait, what's a salt cave? It's this, so it's this place in Asheville. I think there are actually two of them, but it's basically trying to replicate, I think, Himalayan salt mines. I'm not positive that it's Himalayan, but it's it's salt mines or these salt caves. And they had them, and they used to, people used to ascribe health benefits to them in the pre-science days, I guess. And... Uh, <laughs> They tried to replicate them, but no one could do it, and it turned out that they couldn't because there's some sort of microscop- microscopic grinding of salt particles and having those articles, hard, hard, having those particles in the air so that you breathe them. And I don't, I don't think for extended periods it's a great idea. I don't really know, but uh, apparently it's it's therapeutic, and it just seems like a nice, it's placebo, probably a giant placebo effect. But it's relaxing quite easy to relax in the salt cave so you're just surrounded by the stuff are they like sauna is it like warm in there or is it no it's just a regular place the walls and the floor are salt like those you know the pink salt lamps uh-huh. that you'll see that in houses yep. uh it's that material on the floor and the walls but there's also this blowing thing you can't see anything blowing out of it because it's microscopic but i guess they're pumping in micro microscopic salt particles the whole time <laughs> okay. so you go sit there for an hour hang out uh then get a massage. This was a three-hour package that we did, and then and then lay down in a far infrared salt bed, which is a whole. We don't need to get into far infrared, but it's just this heat method. I don't know. Okay. The ironic thing was that it, it was a wonderful experience. The ironic part was that sitting in the chair, you, they recline you in the salt cave for this hour. When I was done that, my lower back was just killing me. Really? So then I needed a massage. Yeah. So it was. So they sort of caused a problem and then fixed it. Okay, so it's not bothering you now? No, it bothered me for like the next two days, but... Really? Yeah. I don't think... I mean, I think it was just a fluke. Anyway, I'm quite relaxed because of all that, and back to work, and uh, we're recording in person, so this yeah. is fun, our first time. And we're not drinking a beer. No beer, just waters. And uh, you know what I've been doing with my water recently? Putting a drop of peppermint oil in it, because Ooh. I read... Or I heard Dr. Greger say that doing that was shown to increase people's levels of motivation. Motivation? Yeah. Not for... Not for Big creative task, but for menial sort of hmm. office work. They used to, uh, in high school, one of my teachers would give us a peppermint candy before every test because it uh-huh. increased the level of focus. Yeah, probably the similar, same thing. Uh-huh. Huh. Anyway, Gregor, Gregor didn't like the idea of putting the peppermint oil in your thing. He said, why not just blend up peppermint leaves because he's more of a whole food type. So probably just as good, probably better. But uh, I don't have that. So you're using peppermint oil. I like it. Yeah. Anyway. um, You didn't offer that for me. I I don't know, Doug. I didn't know if you were ready for that. (laughs) That level of motivation. (laughs) So anyway, uh, it's good to be doing one in person, even though January was our best month in a while and we did them all remotely. Yeah. That's that's a sign. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, uh, today we are talking about the important topic of, I guess, hobbies. Hobbies sounds like such a little, like, craft word, like I'm making birdhouses or 
things with popsicle sticks, but that's not what we mean. We mean doing things that fill you up, like just because they're for you. They're your interest. They're your thing. They're not necessarily a fitness thing, although they could be. They don't necessarily have benefits to your health, although they probably do, uh, even if indirectly. Uh, but they're very important, and and it's timely. I know we've talked about you and having a new baby a lot recently. We keep bringing that up, but uh, it is timely for that reason because I think it's a really important reminder. Like even though this is not our typical topic, we usually try to stick to the food and fitness stuff. Uh, we also talk about happiness, fulfillment, productivity, productivity a little bit, habits, and it does fit in there because to me, it's something that uh, really is of crucial importance to feeling fulfilled and feeling happy is having something else that that lights you up and and you do just because it's fun for you to do. Uh, Because I know from my own experience, it was quite easy for me uh, once we had children to start saying like, okay, I have my work hours. I got to do that. I got to provide support, whatever. Yep. Then I've got family hours, hopefully some with just my wife, but most of the time being a dad, um, you know, sleep hours, whatever basic caring for myself in terms of like what minimal level of fitness and eating healthily, cooking, that stuff. And then that was it. And then there was nothing else left. And for the longest time, I think I, being into the personal development stuff, I try to say, okay, these are my roles. I'm doing really well with this stuff. I'm not wasting energy by going out and drinking or even going out, you know, to have fun, hang out. Like I'm, I'm doing my roles, right? And I'm, and I'm sacrificing and I'm being a good dad or good husband for that. Um, but after a few years of that, it just started to wear on me. I realized, I was like, man, I don't have anything besides work because work does sometimes feel like a hobby. It was like, I don't have anything that is my thing, you know, that, that I do anymore besides these jobs of mine, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that became something where I, I did experience a significant loss of passion that really, I think, affected work, affected relationships. And it was, I mean, no, no detrimental, catastrophic thing. But, you know, it, it was a very real thing, and I'm, I'm sure it's not unique to me. I'm sure people, all kinds of people have, you know, their time is, is limited, and it's really easy to kind of put yourself last and say, I can sacrifice my own stuff. I'm not going to sacrifice my roles that, you know, or my obligations to others. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's probably the big, the big reason why most people don't have hobbies or they let hobbies lapse or... Um, or, you know, or that kind of thing. And, and that's certainly what I'm going through right now is, is, and, and I know that this is, I'm only six weeks into this whole parenting thing, but, um, I mean, in, anytime there's a big life change or, or something new comes about, that's a, that's a big obligation. Um, not that having a child is only an obligation, of course, but it is, I mean, you have to, yeah, it <laughs> you is an to, obligation. um, you know, uh, there's a, a level of guilt and a level of, um, this this kind of commitment to your partner or to whatever it is project you're working on or whatever where if you're not doing it then then you should be doing it right and so anytime you're off doing a hobby especially if it's something by yourself without your partner then uh then there's like this level of of kind of guilt that um they're at home doing taking care of the kid by themselves or uh your your work is not getting done or whatever it is that um, Mm -hmm. you know is your obligation mm-hmm. yeah i mean th- that's very real I, I went through exactly that my advice that's kind of off topic isn't really about finding your hobbies but is make sure that is totally like communicated right and that and then because i think i had in my head a lot of perceived guilt like i or not guilt perceived obligation and i would feel guilty about something that i was off doing for myself when in fact my wife didn't care at all you know she was like well that's great that he's off doing his thing mm-hmm. but i would be kind of internalizing this guilt feeling and never bringing it up so that i never really knew it wasn't so anyway that's not really where we're going here no uh, but but i think it is really important uh well where we're going here i think is we were trying to, we were deciding like, we're like how can we talk about hobbies like, how can we fill a whole episode and and we have plenty of examples and ideas to do that it's not like it's going to be just an episode of fluff um but we really realized the goal of this is that if someone listening hears it and they're like, okay, after that, like I'm feeling inspired and convinced that I should go, I'm going to go start carving out 20 minutes for myself first thing to whatever it is that motivates you, right? For someone, it could be fitness. It could be running, walking, yoga, whatever. It could be meditation. It could be playing an instrument. It could be jazz drumming. It could be, uh, <laughs> could be reading a book. Uh-huh. Who knows what? But that's that's always the first advice I give when people talk about 
We talk about habits a lot. We talk about the idea of starting small. We talk about one habit at a time, which is counterintuitive. I know like when I get excited, I find five things that I want to change. And I say, I'm going to make a change in my life. I'm going to start doing these five new habits. And it all starts today or starts tomorrow. And that is, for most people, 95% of people is a recipe for, for failing completely, including myself. So I do that, last for three, four days, maybe a week, and then crashes and burns because the willpower runs out before those things could become habitual. It was just too much at once. So when I say pick one hobby or pick one habit, pick an anchor habit, pick the one thing that's going to kind of always be your center and is going to bring you back to uh, just this kind of place of lightness and happiness and, I don't know, being of the mindset where you can make good decisions about your time and, and not feel like you know, you're being pulled in a thousand directions. Like Find that centered thing. And for me, for most people, I tell them, pick something you really enjoy doing. Like Aside from any other kind of benefits, it doesn't need to benefit your health. It doesn't need to benefit anyone else. It doesn't need to enhance your mind. Just find something you really like doing. Not watching TV, hopefully. Not drinking beers, hopefully. Although, I mean, I guess you could you could convince me that drinking one beer might be your activity where you go sit by yourself or with a friend and have a beer. Uh, but find one thing that is that you're going to do and say, I'm going to start doing this for five minutes. It, maybe it's something that you kind of forgot from 10 years ago that you used to do and you always think, I wish I could do that again, but I can't. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, half hour is wonderful. But I think even that for most people is too much to say, like, I'm just going to suddenly find half an hour in my life for this thing. Uh, getting up early isn't really sustainable for a lot of people just to increase your amount of wait time by half an hour. Right. But, you know, start with five minutes and hopefully it should be really enjoyable. And when you're done, you're like, wow, I wish I had five more minutes for doing whatever I was doing. So I think that's that's kind of my place to start for anyone. It's like, just start giving yourself that and approach it like any other habit. Start very small with it and gradually increase the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the, the, the counter to that um, is that a lot of hobbies take a lot more than five minutes to to yeah to, certainly to, to do you know? right and it's just like that that we've talked about this before but there's a good analogy that we haven't I don't think and that's that pumping of the old water pump that you keep pumping and pumping and pumping and nothing appears to be one of those outdoor things right those metal yeah. things that squeak mm-hmm. uh, and nothing <laughs> <laughs> and nothing appears to be happening and then suddenly after however much time that water starts flowing and once it's flowing it only takes a little pump now and then to keep it coming right right which is maybe a tired analogy i don't really know because i I don't think a lot of people read personal development stuff and probably haven't heard it a hundred times no um that's good enough i've never i mean i've I've heard it and it's like so like the same thing with trying to get yourself in shape by exercise not that i think exercise is the best way to to lose weight but uh starting a habit there are no results at the beginning starting small like to lose weight via exercise takes who knows half hour hour maybe more a day so starting with two minutes or the walk around the block that doesn't do anything for weight loss right like negligible impact on in terms of calories burned but it starts to build a habit and that's the point is it starts to create that habitual thing in your mind where it is no longer difficult for you to go out and say i'm going to go out and do a workout now even if that workout's tiny or mm-hmm. let's say it's playing the guitar it's no longer this big like for, i haven't touched my guitar in whatever eight months because it's like to pick up the guitar and start playing the guitar in my head is this big thing that requires getting out the books, learning how to play, downloading tabs, just like all this big stuff. When if I could just start with five minutes, not that that's my desire right now, but if if the desire was start playing guitar again, I would say, okay, I should probably play for five or 10 minutes. And then I will have overcome that first little hurdle of getting it down, finding the picks, right? There's little just tiny things that you start doing so that that habit starts to build. But you're right. The goal isn't only do this five minutes a day it's it's start at five minutes so that you can learn how to carve out time for yourself and start doing something yeah so uh, yeah i guess we should also kind of talk about um we're assuming that fitness is maybe not a hobby no, that kind I, I think of... it could be i think it totally could be i just wouldn't count it as your hobby like i don't know i mean you tell me like so so as far as running for you i would say that's kind of your hobby mm-hmm. but you've also made it sort of your work in some way yeah uh, and, and I guess, I don't know. I mean, you've become so attached to it in a fitness sense that it's like, I don't know. It's hard for me to say if that's a hobby or not. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it, it started out as a hobby and, and has now kind of not become a hobby. It's just become part of a routine. Right. Uh, but, you know, but I don't get the same joy from that as I do from some other hobbies that I'm kind of exploring and learning more about 
Uh, yeah, I think that's that's a really good point and one that I didn't really think about. But I think maybe crucial to this idea of having hobbies is having hobbies that are fulfilling to you because they're because you're growing through them or right. you're enjoying. And for me, a lot of that growth starts is with new experience and just doing something different. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, certainly your running hobby serves a purpose for you. Right. But perhaps, I don't know, perhaps it's one that you've done for so long and put so much time into that the growth is now a very, very slow, steady thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to say, so you need something else. It's who knows. I'm just, just, what well, I mean, that's kind of the way I feel. And I think that that kind of goes back to um, where people get stuck is, is now running. It's kind of always been assumed, you know, obviously family and work and taking care of the household come first. But even with the baby, it's been assumed uh, by Katie and myself that um, I'll get out for runs, even if they're short, even if they're a half hour Something like that, mm-hmm. just about every day, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that doesn't give me the like fulfillment of a certain hobby. Uh, I don't know, like exploring something new or, or challenging myself in a new way. Because that, at that point, I'm just kind of knocking out yeah. the minimum. What is your and 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 I think that to to stay fed and to stay healthy and to you know maintain running, which it, you're right, as in I kind of view that in a lot of ways like work. Um, yeah, so so maybe what we're talking about is is hobbies that aren't like a part of you or aren't part of your vocation, right? right. Things that are that are not so familiar that they are they are just you now doing basically doing new activities, right? That that yeah. cause you to grow by being in a sort of unfamiliar environment, learn something new. So is that what would make what well, like for you? What makes for a good hobby? <laughs> um, it involves popsicle sticks, glue. <laughs> I mean, anything like that is just perfect. I don't know. I mean, like for me, it's it's more about how how many boats you can fit inside a bottle. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I like things, and this is not to say this is for everybody. I I like things where I can see progress and myself getting better at something, mm-hmm. and it's a challenge at first, and you're totally unfamiliar and you're bad at it. And this is one of the great things about starting a new hobby is that there is this this nice, I guess, learning curve is not the right word because that's kind of implying the opposite that it's hard to learn at first. Uh, but I, yeah, even with learning curve, there is a period of quick adjustment and learning. So when you start something new, you, you get, I don't know, let's say you pick up some new daily habit for those first two or three weeks, you're, you're getting better at it all the time. And it's, you're seeing a lot of progress, which probably is why I like new things so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then you, it flattens out and then you need to decide, are you going to go to a next level and commit to something more than that, get a coach, whatever it is, or do you just sort of be a dabbler who does one thing and then goes and does something? And, and some people do that, and that's fine. Uh, and I'm, I think I'm in between. You know, I, I have a lot of things that I start and get really serious about for about a month or two, and then then kind of peter out and stop. So I don't know. I, I really like that that idea, and I, I'm just motivated by. It. That's kind of why I've realized, like with running, like my motivation has always been: here's something that seems impossible. Qualify for Boston, run 100 miles. And I like to show myself that I can actually learn how to do this thing that for a little while seemed impossible. So that's probably related to the hobby, right? Like with, with not to go back to drumming all the time, but like with drumming, it was like, wow, that seems like a really weird kind of skill that someone could, you know, move all the limbs like that and play. And, and the fun was learn how to do this thing that seemed like it was not for you or not doable. So I, I like that kind of stuff. But I think there are probably lots of hobbies that have nothing to do with that. I don't know. I don't want to speak for meditation or yoga. I mean, Maybe those are are also about getting better. I just I don't know. For me, they've never they've never been that about mastering them. Yeah, right. Because they're because those aren't those aren't like goal. At least meditation is shouldn't be a goal seeking hobby, right? You're not there's not some right. finish line you're trying to get to, or even even search to get anything out of it. You're supposed to just go do it. And and for me, meditation isn't really a hobby. And um and I know it kind of is for you, but it. Like for that reason, because it's not something you really are, um, you know, a goal seek. It's not a goal seeking hobby, mm-hmm. and and because it, it's really like a self care type thing. It's yeah. not. It's not really. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just something frivolous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. not that all hobbies are frivolous, but you know that it. it I don't know. No, just... I know what you mean, and I don't. I actually don't think I. I don't think of that as a hobby. I think of it as a like you said, like a self-care type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, something that helps me to be more happier, maybe healthier. Yeah. Yeah, that that to me is not really a hobby. Um, 
but I think I think frivolous is kind of important here, right? With what we're talking about, it's it, it's not what we mean, right? Because because to play an instrument isn't frivolous. You you can learn and create a lot of meaning in your life with your relationship to your instrument or what that allows you to share with other people through mm-hmm. music, you know. So um, we, frivolous isn't right, but a lot of people could look at that and say, well, that's dumb. Like, why are you learning guitar, right? Like, what does that do? Nothing. It's just it's just a stupid thing. And I think that's really important to what we're talking about, to having this fun thing that you're only doing because it's fun. And maybe it has other benefits, but mainly you're doing it because it feels good to do it. And that's kind of it. And yeah. it's not it's not detrimental to it, right? We're assuming anything you're talking about isn't something that destroys your life in some other area, like drinking alcohol, like in excess, right? We're not we're not saying that should become your hobby. Right. Yeah. And and I, I think so for me what, what makes for a good hobby is is in part that that it's frivolous or that it's um I guess better what I've written down here is that it's um, it's distinct from everything else that you do in life. So it, like, so for me, and that kind of goes back to the running, and you know, it's how it's somewhat related to work. But if you were um, a carpenter, then you know, making things at home might not be might not be a good hobby. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of part of work. You're kind of honing your skills for work and that that kind of thing. It's related, so you're never really kind of leaving that headspace of, of work. Right. Um, but if you're, you know, or if you're a, I don't know, if you're, if you're a, a, the owner of Domain Athlete, then, you know, pottery or, or carpentry might be a good hobby. Right. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. Um, you know, cause it's like totally different. And, uh, so, so that's, that's the first thing is that it's distinct and that, um, it's a good distraction of what you're doing on a day to day. Uh, but, and also that it's creative and that kind of goes back to why uh, watching TV is not necessarily a good hobby or, um, you know, why just the act of drinking beer maybe isn't, but if you were like, if you got really into the beer and you got, uh, learning all kinds of things about how it's made and, and what makes each beer yeah. different and like that, that that's... or if you drank that beer every day with your spouse and you carved out that time and you had this creative right. energy together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that creative energy then kind of starts to begin to flowing into everything else in your life. And that part of that is, is joy and happiness that you're getting from whatever hobby you're doing. But then it's also kind of going, it, that creativeness puts you in a headspace so then we'll go back to, um, you know, we'll, we'll benefit your work and benefit everything else you're doing. So that, that's what makes a good hobby for me. Yeah, I think I, I would agree with both those things. And perhaps we could come up with more criteria that any good hobby should meet. Uh, but I think, I think the real point is what you said is like the energy that happens in that spills over into everything else. That's the reason for this. Uh, yeah, it, and I think I don't know. In, in trying to figure out, like, I, I hope someone listening to this will say, "Well, that this all seems good. I want to find something to do." Like, what do you do, or how do you how do you find it? And that's actually a tough question for me because my first thought is pick something that you know in your heart you just like. Like, what did you like as a kid? And for me, I remember I used to like. So this is funny. I, I've actually started playing chess again because my son joined the chess club at school which I know is, is super nerdy. That is setting my kid up to be a nerd. So if, 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 you, if I had glasses on, I would like <laughs> push them up. You know? Let's go, we can give him a wedgie after this. Yeah. Put his head in the toilet or something. Uh-huh, give him a, what, a, what do you call nerd? those things? Uh, swirly? Swirly. No, we don't, we don't encourage bullying. No, of course not. On this uh, podcast. No, uh, chess is cool. So like getting him into it, is me vicariously wishing I had done that when I was a kid. Because I was like playing it. It was just fun, but I never had anyone to play with who like really was interested in getting better at it. Um, so that's been fun, and it has gotten me into it and gotten me back into it, which I've done 10 times in my life, got into it for a month or two, and just, you know, eventually it fizzles out. Yeah. Um, but that's one of those things for me. It's like when I think about what I liked as a kid, that is one. So it makes for a good hobby. It makes for a nice thing that, it, that I, I know there's something about that that just resonates with me. Not that everyone's the same as when they were a kid. There's probably things that I did as a kid that it would be terribly boring now. Like mm-hmm. collecting baseball cards doesn't seem very much fun anymore. <laughs> uh, besides the fact that they all lost their value. Do you, do, you, do you know that? Did you collect baseball cards? Yeah. So we were all sold this lie that the 1952 Mickey Mantle card or whatever that was worth right. $25,000, that all of our cards were going to be that one day because we held on to them and protected uh, them uh-huh, and uh-huh. didn't put them up in an attic or put them in our bike spokes. 
but everyone was collecting baseball cards. So right. whereas the Mickey Mantle thing was was valuable because people were putting them in their baseball in, in their bicycle spokes and destroying them all. So there weren't really many good ones. Right. There were too many people that were collecting baseball. Cards. <laughs> way too many, and way too many being made. So I have thousands and thousands of cards that I used to think were going to be worth tens of thousands of dollars when I was growing, and they're probably worth that was your hundred time plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that's a total aside, but. Do I don't, you, well, I don't just because <laughs> I'm curious. Do you know if if any of the old cards that were like limited release and everything, if they have any value anymore? Do people? I, I don't know if like those insert cards were are still valuable. Maybe mm-hmm. they are. The ones that were like the classic valuable cards when we were kids, like the Ken Griffey Junior. '89 Upper Deck uh-huh. rookie card. That one still has like I think roughly the same value as it did then. It might be worth fifty or sixty dollars. Whereas it had some times when it was up to a hundred when we were kids. Right. I think the whole industry has changed in that now people, there's now this like certification of cards that, that you'll send them off and people will, will decide what their condition is, right? It's huh. not just like you give this to a friend and say, well, that's near mint condition when it has like a corner totally dinged up, right. which is what trading cards was when I was a kid. It was just this eyeballing process of, is that fair, mint, near mint? Now you, they like get this certification stamp on them and put in a case where they can never be touched. Huh. I think. So if you want any real value out of your cards, I think it's about having truly pristine mint versions of the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Right. And then that one's worth a lot. I, I don't know. Are there <laughs> still card trading stores? <laughs> I don't not, know. Not I, I have no idea. Baseball card stores? Uh-huh. If there are, they must be struggling. like, Or just have some unlimited fun that they can draw from to keep the hobby alive. I have no idea. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so don't, don't do baseball cards. That, that's one of the criteria is that it's not baseball card collecting. <laughs> uh okay so so that one has always been interesting music to me is a good one but at the same time the opposite of that has come up for me recently and that's that i i realize there's a lot of benefits in doing things that aren't at all natural like that's what we talked about things being new and different and forcing you to have to kind of grow in unfamiliar ways just throwing yourself into something that isn't doesn't come natural to you or doesn't hopefully it seems fun to you now in some way or else it's not probably a good choice uh but just just totally varying your your routine up and trying to just totally go out of the box and do different stuff, if, if for no other reason than because it's different and it forces you to to just do some different things. So I'm uh, this is this would be the first time I've announced this. I've, I've decided to start doing martial arts, which my son has also inspired me to do because he is into that. When I say I decided to start doing it, what I mean is I'm doing a two week trial of it to see if I like it. <laughs> it's not, I haven't committed to it at all. I have no idea if I like it. Uh-huh. Uh, and in fact, I have some reasons to doubt that I actually will. I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I like the idea of fighting and self-defense. I don't know. As much as I like the meditation and stuff like that, I'm not really that interested in learning all the values that he's learning, like perseverance and all this. Maybe that's the kid's martial arts, though. I don't, I don't really know. I have no idea how that all works. Uh, I feel like, I've, I don't know. I've developed those values. I'm not interested in that. I want to go I want to go chop fight. Or... Yeah, and chop blocks and mm-hmm. kick, whatever. Street, <laughs> Street Fighter 2 style, dragon punch, throw fireballs. <laughs> that's what I'm interested in. <laughs> Well, then I don't think you're going to be too happy with the two-week trial because I don't maybe, think they bring out the fireball, fireballs until like week four. Maybe what I need is a, is a Super Nintendo system and just play Street Fighter <laughs> yeah. 2. There you go. That could be a hobby. I mean, that's not destructive. Video gaming? It, it could be if it becomes, you get addicted to it. But mm-hmm. uh, So anyway, I'm doing that really as a like, I want to get out of my box. And I've for the longest time now, to me, fitness has meant either going to the gym or running. And those things have gotten boring to me to the, for long enough that I'm like, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for me to get back into those things in the way that I used to. Yes, I could get myself to go run 30 minutes a day if I wanted and said this is a health activity or something that I am committed to, but not as a fun, like I'm really excited to go do this. Um, my hope, though, is that by getting out of the box, doing something totally different, aside from the benefits that that will bring as just a new thing to have to go and do and all the fulfillment you learn, you get from learning and getting better in the early going, uh is that it will make me want to do that stuff again, right? That, that I'll get a month into this and say, I sure wish I had more endurance or I sure wish I had more strength. So now I've got this reason to do that stuff. And I know those are great activities for me to do long-term health-wise and, and otherwise. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping that just by, by going approaching it in this sort of out-of-the-box way that it will get me back to some level of doing that in a way where, it's, where it doesn't feel like work or exercise, but just like for fun. Yeah, I think yeah. that's good. And that kind of goes back to the, you know, I use creativity as a thing, but um, 
you know, in this in this case, it's fitness, but it, you just get inspired and to, yeah. and it and will improve your other things in life as well. Yeah. So I'm now I'm wondering, which is funny, it didn't occur to me when you said it, but is something like that like if a fitness thing is your hobby, is there is that creativity thing? Is that still part of a hobby that is mostly physical? I mean, I guess martial arts, right? There is creativity. Let's if you're in some kind of sparring fighting tour well i mean i think that there is there is creativity as long as there's some sort of mastery of it you know like because then you're trying to learn and um i mean yeah i mean like is there creativity in chess of course yeah yeah yeah, right is there creativity in i don't know i don't know (laughs) nintendo nintendo i don't know i mean but but you're like learning and you're getting better and so you're having to think in in a different way right right Uh, no i i think in some broad definition of creativity i think all these things are that and maybe even running and you know maybe maybe just in in allowing yourself to think about a race that that you've never allowed yourself to think about before and think about what's going to take me to get there and what training plan do i need i think in some way there's there's creativity being used and some creative force that's happening to get you from here to this new level of fitness yeah i mean i think so too and and even though even if you're following a training plan that you're not like writing yourself or anything like that if you're trying new workouts if you're you're trying to you know focus on on different new paces and heart rate and that kind of stuff i mean there's like Mm -hmm. some creativity in it yeah so um what else do we have doug in terms of so i have i have a story that is related partly to hobbies partly to meditation and very much to this out of the box thing and this is actually where i got the out of the box concept and said hey i need to do more of this out of the box stuff mm-hmm. um like by the way incidentally i'm going out to uh do this little this little activity tonight that is all my own no i'm not bringing my wife along which i haven't done like we were talking about like since i had kids i've kind of been father role and like that's we you know we go out as a family and if we're not going out then unless someone calls and says hey let's go meet at this bar or let's go do this thing i'm not going to go out with myself and do something it just it just seems like time is better spent with the family if i'm going to go enjoy myself for an hour why not find a way to do that at home with the kids or bring them along or bring so anyway going out tonight myself and it should be a good time yeah that sounds like a good time <laughs> although i'm a little pissed i wasn't invited you could come no i'm just kidding you <laughs> that would come. defeat the whole purpose <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, what I was saying is, I the the way I've kind of rediscovered this out of the box idea is, as we all know, it is well told that I got sick in December and was sick for a whole month from like December fifteenth through January fifteenth. Well, during that time, I basically stopped drinking alcohol. Not entirely. There were still a few nights when I was feeling good and we had family in town and had a glass of wine or something, but stopped doing that and. When I'm sick, I don't like drinking coffee. I just I just can't do it. It makes me feel sick. Whatever little bit of feverishness I feel, if I drink coffee, it like amplifies that, which I think mm. is what coffee does, right? It just amplifies things. So if you're feeling bad, it just gets amplified. You do it faster and better. Uh, Cranks things up to 11. That's what it does. It, yeah. That's exactly what it does. It, it do stupid things faster and with more energy, says the sign, I believe. <laughs> it's like an old-timey sign. It says, no. coffee, do stupid things faster and with more energy. <laughs> I, I like that. I do too. Uh, anyway, so I started drinking tea for this reason. Not not with any point of trying to give up coffee because I really do love a cup of coffee in the morning. And I just I'm just going to drink tea so I can get a little bit of this morning energy without feeling what I that big caffeine jolt. And as I started to get get, get better, I kept doing this and I was like, "You know what? Maybe what I'm going to do is just not drink coffee. Maybe, maybe I'll keep drinking tea for a while. That'll be a healthy thing. I don't know if coffee's healthy or unhealthy. I'm still not convinced either way. But I said, "I'll just do this. It'll be a little change of pace and It'll be nice. But what I found out is that when I was doing that, as I started to get better and started to get back to work, I realized that I would drink this tea in the morning and I was having this feeling of calm in the morning that I was not accustomed to. Because what I used to do was get up and within 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I would have a cup of coffee in my hand and I'd be drinking a couple sips of that. And as soon as that coffee hit my lips, I was charged up to go do work. It just, it just, I, I don't, and I don't think it was just the pure, the caffeine jolt. I think it was associations with that caffeine jolt, and I think all you know for for my adult life, that cup of coffee has been you know associated with go 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 do stupid things faster with more energy. That is what drinking that coffee is for me. And suddenly, I was like, I actually don't have this rush to go work right now. This very rush that I have blamed for all these years for me being unable to keep any sort of meditation habit going. I was like, I feel like actually just doing meditation now, almost as a procrastination for work, because I wasn't all charged up. So I was like, I'm just going to 
do this nice relaxing activity instead. And now, so it's not like I've been done it some record time, but it's been like, I don't know, 17 or 18 days now that I've done meditation in a row because I've set this rule for myself that says just drink a cup of tea before you drink coffee. That's the only, I don't even need to have a rule that says do meditation. It says drink this tea before you drink coffee. And when I do that, I find myself wanting to create the space for that meditation instead of the problem before was that I would want that. I'd say, I want to start a meditation habit. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to do it in the morning before work. It's going to help my days, make them better, make me better, all this stuff. But even when I had that plan, five minutes later, if I had a cup of coffee and I would still hope to have that plan, I'd realize now I have this really good coffee in my hand and I want to drink it all. And for some reason, the coffee takes me longer to drink than the tea. So it's like, well, I'm going to just work for this 30 minutes or 45 minutes while I'm having this coffee and then I'll do meditation and then it just never happens. So anyway, the point of that long story is that I had no idea that that drinking this tea, that, that the reason I wasn't getting meditation done in the morning was that I was having coffee as part of my morning routine, that, that coffee first thing was my morning thing. Uh, so what happened was that this, you know, accidentally varying my routine, having to vary my routine because I just didn't feel like drinking coffee, it like unlocked my ability to meditate in the morning. So I realized that this thing that I had thought I just can't get meditation done because I want to get right to work it was actually, I can't get medita- meditation done because I've drank coffee and now I want to go right to work. Right. So the point is going outside of my box, being forced to get out of the box, this rut that I was, or this, this not even a rut, but the path I was on by default, which I just had gotten used to, gotten conditioned, forcing that to happen made me discover what it took for me to create this new habit that I like. So like I said, it's been, it's been two and a half, three weeks now. It's not like it's some record time and I'm guaranteed to be meditating for the next six months. But it's like I found this key to let myself do it, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. So that has me excited about the whole idea of just doing things that are not what you typically would do. Uh, and, and I don't – when we were talking about this earlier, I was, I was, we were talking about how, like, how can you create more time? How could you find something? And I said try to find something to get out of your box. The point of the story isn't that you should search for the area in your life that is you know, my coffee and my tea story. And by the way, I still do have the cup of coffee. After the meditation is done, I still have the coffee, then get to work. Uh, so it's not about giving up coffee. But so I, I don't mean to say you need to f- search through your habits and search through your routines and find the one that is blocking you from doing the thing you want. Now, possibly that would work, but that's not what I did and that's not what I'm recommending. What I'm saying is just have a mindset that says, I'm going to switch stuff up. I'm going to do things that are totally different from what I usually do, which is which is probably hard and you can go overboard with it because the things you usually do are there for a reason. A lot of those habits that we've created, they got there because they're they serve us in some good way. But if you can vary them, right? They say drive to work a different way now and then, just so that you make your brain do something different, and you kind of just don't go in that same rut in your brain that makes you mindlessly drive to work. They say it's good for your brain to just go a different route now and then. That's what I'm suggesting: is do different, go a different route now and then with, by having tea instead of coffee, or by going out at night instead of just staying home with your family, or who knows what. And those are my examples of what I've been doing, or doing martial arts instead of. Just yeah. telling yourself that you're tired of running and, and going to the gym. So that's that's kind of my theme recently that has governed my life and my activities. So I'm, that's what I'm recommending to anyone who is a little bit wondering what kind of hobby they might pick or how they might find the room in their life for a new hobby when it seems like they can't. I would say try to change other things up and maybe, you'll, maybe you will kind of unlock something in the way that I did that you realize that maybe there is some inefficiency or some block in, in your routine uh, that... Like me and coffee, I had no idea it was blocking something, but turned out that once I changed it up, I, I found out that I could do this new thing. I like it. I mean, I think that's a great idea. And I think uh, especially if you, I mean, this kind of links habits or hobbies back to something else, so work-related or fitness-related or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, like trying new things and, and being explorative and adventurous with your with your hobbies, um, well, could set you off on a totally new direction of life or of what you're into with fitness or, or something like that. I mean, I think that's great. Wonderful. Which is the point, which is what we, we wanted to accomplish with this episode, I think. So I, so I want to ask what your actual hobbies are, because we've kind of danced around that, <laughs> and, 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 and share mine. But first, I think we should thank our sponsors real quick. All right, let's do that. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Athletic Greens. 
So Matt, my morning routine for the past month or so has been to wake up with the baby, head upstairs, chug a glass of water, then refill that cup with water and a scoop of Athletic Greens mix. It has become my go-to way of getting a super quick and easy complete whole food supplement and a much needed boost for my day after an inconsistent night of sleep. I just looked it up and one serving has the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of vegetables. The Athletic Greens powder comes in these big multi-use packages, which Doug, you should know, you need to keep in the refrigerator. Did you know that? I did know that. Yes, you do. I, I found that out a little bit too late. Which uh, will give you somewhere around 30 servings, but for Nomad Athlete listeners, they're giving away nearly $100 worth of single-serving travel packs, which you do not need to keep in the fridge, when you place an order. Since Aaron and I are traveling this weekend, those packs will be perfect. To learn more and make sure you claim the bonus servings, head over to athleticgreens.com slash nomeat. That's athleticgreens.com slash nomeat. And this episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. Matt, I like a company that looks at a business model and tries to do it differently. And that's exactly what Health IQ does. They unapologetically advocate directly for health-conscious people to receive financial rewards when it comes to life insurance. They look at your diet, how much you run, whether or not you swim, lift weights, or do yoga, and use that data to get you lower rates. Research has shown, Doug, that people who actively exercise have 22% lower cancer risk, 50% lower heart disease risk, and 34% lower risk of early death. Why not be rewarded for taking care of yourself? Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat. That's one word to learn more on all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. Okay, Matt. So what are your hobbies? <laughs> uh, I have two hobbies right now that I have mentioned already. And I'm not counting meditation as any of them. Okay. I'm not counting martial arts because I haven't even gone yet. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But okay. talking about martial arts, that is one of my hobbies. Uh-huh. Uh, no, uh, I, the jazz drumming thing, right? Yep. And it doesn't have to be jazz drumming. I could just call it drumming, I know. But <laughs> for some reason, I don't do that. I just go play out of this jazz book, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing, is I'm learning that. So, so okay. For, I mean, and the reason... The reason I have picked that, the reason that has become my hobby is because drums became kind of a tired habit for me. It was something I did, knew how to do, certainly it could get a thousand times better if I was willing to put in a lot of work, but it wasn't one of those like, I don't know, it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't the beginning. It wasn't the fun new thing where there's this period of rapid improvement and you can see yourself progressing, which that, that to me is a lot of what it's about. So by saying... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start learning how to play jazz, which is if anyone drums, a very very different type of drumming. Like it is, it is not the same at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the coordination is the same, but it, but it's very very different things you were doing. That made it new and exciting in this thing where I was at the very beginning of again. That that was fun. So so that's been one. Uh, I try to do that every single day. I, I'm I've gotten away a little bit from the making myself do it every day because I think that's not really a good hobby if I force myself to do it every day. Uh, but I don't like going three or four days without playing because I think that's that's how I slide into six months without playing. Right. So that's one. And, uh, and how long are you playing? Just for a couple yeah, minutes? Yeah, usually 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But but when I started, it wasn't. It was just maybe 10 at mm-hmm. first yep. just to kind of create that time. Um, so that's that's one. And I mean, I read all the time, but I don't consider that a hobby. Playing chess recently has been has been the only other one. It's, it's just, again, that sort of beginner's mind thing where I, I realize I am not very good at this at least compared to people who, who have actually made a serious study of it. Uh, and it's really fun. And that one happens, well, so does drums. I mean, because my kid plays drums too. So those those both don't, they're not totally me on my own, but the majority of them and my thinking about them is me on my own. But I can share them with, with my son, hopefully my daughter one day. Are you playing chess only with your son? or? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> that wouldn't be a lot of personal growth in that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was yes. thinking. You know? <laughs> uh no, I, I have been reading books. I'm, I'm a subscriber of chess.com okay. to the premium online. stuff, mm-hmm. learning all sorts of, you know, going through their courses, all cool. kinds of good things. Cool. So that is nerdy, I know. But you know what? I'm not no, here to judge. I, mean, I, think, I think it's cool. I, I, I think it's cool too. <laughs> it feels so nerdy. All right. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to make fun of you in the show notes of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, like, I like drinking wine. I like drinking beer. But I don't think of them as hobbies. They're just they're just nice accompaniments to my dinner. Yeah. How about you? What are your hobbies? Uh, my hobbies right now are I have two as well. Um, uh, the first one is disc golf. Okay. Nice. <laughs> frivolous. I like that. Yeah. Totally. I mean, totally frivolous in some ways. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's also like which every mine, mine are frivolous, right? I'm, yeah. Which I think is good. I think it is a mark of a good hobby if someone can laugh at it. 
and mm-hmm. say it's frivolous. Go ahead. Well, so so disc golf. I mean, you know what disc golf is, right? Uh, not that well. I think I've I've seen those net things that you throw them into. Yeah, so with the you, you're throwing a a, a disc, uh, so like a frisbee, but it's not at all like the frisbee that um, you play ultimate frisbee with or that you toss around with your friends. Like you can't really play toss with this frisbee. Don't, aren't there different clubs? Aren't there multiple frisbees? Yes. Yeah, which is what so not clubs, they're different frisbees, right? That you throw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. like so. So I have um, I have a set of six discs. You know, some people have backpacks full of like thirty. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but that's part of the nerdy part, nerdy side of it, and the kind of the learning side is how each disc throws differently and when right. to use each disc, and so they're all like ranked in, with different numbers of, of glide and curve and all this stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and and so part of part of the whole like nerdy side of it and the exciting side for me is kind of learning how um like how when to use different discs and which discs would fit me and, and different course but the course my home course mm-hmm. and um you have a home course what's your home course <laughs> well there's one in black mountain there's oh, okay. actually two okay. in black mountain but uh uh the the one i play which is right near the house is there like a cross town rivalry between the two <laughs> no 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 um at least, I mean, maybe there is. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so there's that kind of exciting side of it and, and learning um, how to throw different ways and that kind right. of thing. And how often do you go do disc golf? Well, I mean, so I would say that I, I started really... Oh, you do have, I mean, you have a new baby. So right. And, and it was kind of unfortunate timing because I started really getting into it and, and playing regularly um, this fall, like the couple months before we had the baby, and mm-hmm. now now I've only gotten out maybe twice since mm-hmm. uh, since she's gotten That's here. That's not bad. So, but but really, what what's what got me into it was this idea of being outside, doing something that was active and outside, but not running. Um, and so I could go have an activity that was fun and playful uh, and exciting, that, and that also fulfilled other kind of yeah things that I like. Right, um, but it wasn't running, which is that's great. Yeah. So disc golf is kind of the big one that I'm. I have one more question about disc golf. Uh-huh. Yeah. How do you? How does one go about learning it? Not that I'm at all interested in disc golf, by the way. Full <laughs> but, but I think I. But I totally understand that people would not be interested in my hobbies either. Uh, I. Where would you go to to do it? Do you need to have a friend who does it, or can you just go to the course and start? No, you just out? go to the course. They're, I mean, all the ones around here anyway are free, uh-huh. and they're just in city parks. If you see these little baskets, they usually have a yellow rim around them, and these like uh, metal basket things. That's chains a, hanging from right and chains hanging from that's mm-hmm. that's a disc golf hole um and you really only need one disc i mean you know the more you have obviously the better but uh you only need one and then you just go and you just start playing there's like there's tees and uh there's pars and mm-hmm. everything just like regular golf um but you're throwing a disc instead of hitting a club uh not, not everything just like real golf there's no professional disc golf there is a professional <laughs> is all, disc golf wow. league. is there a, there are tournaments is and, there a disc a, PDGA? There is. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like a big deal. Good. Okay. Good. There's like I have some of some of my discs are signature series discs from some of the pro uh yeah. pro disc golfers. Um but you can I mean like like one thing that I've just recently like in the last week kind of gotten into was watching disc golf tournaments on YouTube. Oh nice. That's, that sounds like a great use of time. Well, while, no, while I'm fun. doing something else, just like having it on, Good. because they talk about they talk about those things, like why they're choosing certain clubs, and, uh-huh. and how I'm they're, sure that is really interesting. How they're using different totally. things to get around different obstacles and that kind of thing. I, so. That is that is a perfect definition of like what you said as the hobbies that that are you know just very different, off the wall kind of, yeah. but you know require some creative energy that you can get nerdy about. And I like that, mm-hmm. and we probably have a lot more listeners who are disc golf players than chess players, so I don't I don't want to offend so. too much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anytime somebody wants to play, just hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. One more question. Why do why do disc golf instead of regular? I guess the expense. Why you wouldn't? Yeah. Do regular? It's so it's it's a lot easier. Like, uh, I mean, you can get a disc for nine bucks or seven bucks or uh-huh. like that, and it and doesn't cost anything to play, and it's a lot quicker. I mean, you know, to play a full round of eighteen holes takes like three or four hours, whereas a round of disc golf will take forty five minutes an hour. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, uh, that's one hobby. And the other one is, is drumming, uh, similar to you. Although, uh, I would say that it's more about being in the band for me than Mm -hmm. it is about mastering, um, jazz drumming. (laughs) I was just going to point that out that I think, I think my hobbies are very isolated hobbies and yours are very social hobbies, which Mm -hmm. is just saying something about each other. Maybe we each need a hobby that is the opposite though. Maybe we each need something that, that truly gets us out of our box and I need to be social and you need to be a hermit. 
I, I, I think maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right about that. Maybe that'll be a challenge we'll do once we get tired of these. Once you have a little more time on your hand, we'll we'll find some switcheroo hobbies to do. Okay, let's do it. I'll I'll, I'll take on chess playing, and you'll have to go out and play some disc golf. Mm-hmm. And you can't talk to anyone, and you have to hate people, and you have to just shun the outside world. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Can't wait. Just close all your blinds. Be afraid of the sun. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Good. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll have, to, I'll have to go play around a disc golf. Or, or you could join the band for you know, swap out. I see that, that I would do. I used to be in bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun. I think you, you'd like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, so, okay, this is, this is maybe a stretch, but I feel like this joke about me being a hermit, like, I really wasn't that until I stopped doing hobbies. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that has become like as I've become like a, I don't know more in, in not into but being a dad as I've, as I've gotten that side of it like for some reason when I stopped having hobbies I think I stopped like being quite so social and just started like keep, you know would like to have my alone and that was a big part of it lost like my alone time when I when you bring more people into your family right and I think I've more embraced that and just like made that my my thing which is totally unrelated to really what we're talking about but well I mean so so I think well I mean it can kind of plays into what how the hobby serves you right yeah and, and right. you know part of that is being alone and being independent um yeah. and and i i will say that i get that mostly from running and i mm-hmm. you know I, I i prefer to run by myself most of the time mm. and spend a lot of time by myself doing that and that's kind of my alone time and that that has been my um my opportunity to get away a little bit during the whole like baby stuff of like all right i just need to be quiet by myself for a minute right it has been going for a run that's been my chance to do that but yeah. i could see how if i wasn't doing that regularly then something like jazz drumming <laughs> yeah. or, or getting nerdy and, and online trust playing chess yes. guys online yeah. uh would would serve that purpose you don't even want to my screen name on there oh no <laughs> <laughs> i do not you're right no, no you don't okay um good well this i think has been fun uh, i mean this is uh, another good example doug of the type of episodes we are just sort of playing around with a little bit, getting out of our box of always having a structured topic that we're sticking to, which I guess we never really did that much. <laughs> but we always stuck within the health and, and fitness. Yeah, and we tried to at least have an outline where some of these times we're just saying, let's just kind of have a conversation where we, you know, we're learning new things about each other as we talk and it, it's natural and we see how it goes. So uh, again, I always do want to hear how people like these because we really don't know. And as we've said before, it's really hard with podcasts to figure out if people like certain episodes or if they're just getting downloaded because people's phones automatically download them. So if you can let us know, if you're on Twitter, uh, which is mainly where we tend to see feedback, it seems like, uh, or you want to leave a comment on the show notes or Facebook or whatever, that's fine. But uh, I really would like to hear honest opinions, like from people who are who are listeners of the show. Like, uh, we'd rather you stick to eight favorite meals you like rather than rambling on. Or if people like it. So I'd like to hear both. Because I think when we ask this, we tend to only get the positive feedback because people assume they don't want to we don't want to hear mean stuff, but I'd like to know what people if people like these or not. And then we'll block you. And then we'll block you, and then we'll keep doing these, and we'll kick you off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, wonderful. And and on top of that, uh, we don't thank you guys enough for for listening. No, and, we don't. And, we, and, don't. Uh, we really enjoy doing this, and we like um, that people enjoy listening to it. We do. That is, it is very. That is one of the highlights of my day is when I see positive f- feedback or little inside jokes from podcast listeners on mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nerdy. I like that. <laughs> it's a hobby. It's a nerdy yeah. hobby. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will talk to you next week. Bye.